Welcome back to Afternoons. I hope you're having a lovely one on this Monday, October 17. Isn't it lovely to see blue skies? What a gorgeous weekend it was. Again, I was out in the garden. I can't help myself. I've become quite obsessed. But uh, with these beautiful blue skies, I hope everything starts blooming and I hope you had a wonderful, wonderful weekend as well. Now, the final design for the exciting new $6.7 million Carrick Hill Visitor Centre Pavilion, it has been revealed and joining me in the studio is Peter Kennedy, who is the chairman of Carrick Hill, and also Susan McCormack, the director at Carrick Hill. Guys, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Afternoon. Well, this is a very exciting project. I've got the pictures in front of me, and wowzers, it is beautiful. Can you explain what you've planned here? Well, it's taken us quite a long time to get to this point. Uh, in fact, we... We, this is our second edition that we've come up with because our first, uh, one, we actually went very significantly over budget and you're probably aware what's happening in the construction industry, which mm. is everything's just got out of control. So we had to go back to the drawing board. Um, and actually we are really very happy about that because I think we've got a really good solution now and with, we're basically going to cater for a function sort of event space for about 200 odd people that can sit down and that can be divided but also to have a cafe which will, I think it's up to about 80 I think we're up mm. to and plus a lot of external space and the idea is of course that this will enable uh, it to be utilised far more uh, you know whether it's 40 degrees in summer or freezing cold in winter, we've got a space now that people can come and use with a lot of comfort. As you're probably aware, we've got a pavilion at the moment which has done its, uh, done its time, but it really doesn't help us, you know, provide the right level of amenity that we'd like to provide. Yeah. Sometimes less is more. You know, you go to the drawing board and you get these big elaborate plans and so this is just really simple and ticks all the boxes, doesn't it? Has the feedback been good? Yes, definitely. Yeah, no, de without doubt. I think, uh, and, and for us, what is really important, we have to get an operator to, to, to utilise it. So we've got to make sure that what we design is going to work, not only to attract visitors, but also to have someone who says, well, we're happy to run this and, and hopefully pay us a good rent. Nice. Mm. Yeah, mm. that's the bonus, isn't it? <laughs> well, I mean, you've been in the building industry and, and so you know a little bit about it. So, I mean, you wouldn't have expected building prices to, to go through the roof like they have. So, you know, yeah. you've got to adapt with the times, don't you? Oh, absolutely. And I have to say, and I've been involved with a lot of projects over my 40 years in the construction industry, and I don't think I've had a harder project to, to get off the ground. You know, it's not, it's just whatever came up just seemed to be another roadblock and working through each one of them. But as I say, at the end of the day, I think we've got something that really works and be fabulous. So yeah. what were the roadblocks? What, the, what were the hurdles? Well, you know, there was, there's a lot of bureaucracy, of course, that you have to go through because this yeah. is a government project. So we have to deal with, uh, you know, the departments and, and get sign off for those. And generally, if you're in the commercial sector, you can get that turned around fairly quickly but it's not quite the same within within the government ranks mm. uh, so there are those sort of issues but i think the the biggest thing was working out what we wanted uh we did start off we said oh we'll have a you know a, a sort of a, a formal restaurant uh we looked at that and then we when we did some market sounding we found well that really wasn't going to work for us. So there was the, just really, I suppose, the, the iterations of going through as to what was going to be the best outcome. Uh, and, and obviously, you know, the price increases. I mean, I don't think I've seen 
in fact, I was in the construction industry in 1974 uh, when we had rise and fall, yeah. um, and that was the last. And they've introduced it again, and probably that made it a bit more difficult for us. But you know, the price of materials and a lack of uh, resources. Uh, it's just, and the price increases, I, I've just never seen anything happen in such a short space of time. So that was probably the biggest issue for us is the cost increases, you know, because we had, had a limited budget. At the end of the mm-hmm. day, you know, we had, uh, we had money given to us from, from the federal government and from the state government and the balance, which is, you know, over 3.2 million had to come from donors. And, you know, that's not an easy task to, to raise that sort of money. In fact, I think, We've probably done better than most arts organisations in this state uh, in raising that money over the period of time that we did. Wow, especially in our cost of living crisis. I mean, asking yeah. for money is really tough. Yeah. Without naming names, who are the type of people that donate to a project like this? Uh, look, it's it's across the board, but we, you know, I think at the end of the day, it was the people that really embrace Carrick Hill and say this is something we really want to be involved with. Mm. They're the people that have actually fronted up with with some significant sums of money uh, and, you know, they've been fantastic, you know. The, but, uh, you know, a lot of that too, you know, you've got to explain to them why we're doing this, what is the benefit, uh, and then they've got to get behind that, you know. Yeah. But it took quite a long time really. You don't just go along and ask someone for a big lump of money. You've got to sell the story uh, and tell them why you want to do it. And I think that's what we've achieved uh, and we've got some very strong donor support. Yeah. Well, it is a beautiful story, but some listeners may not know the story of Carrick Hill. Can you tell us, Susan, I mean, what is Carrick Hill? Uh, that's a very interesting point um, because when I uh, first started at Carrick Hill, uh, a lot of people have different perceptions of it. Some of it think of it as a, just a house. Other people say they went there for a wedding. Um, I think a lot of people don't really understand the full range of what is on offer there. Um, and it's phenomenal, really. It's a gorgeous hi- historic house with a fantastic modern art collection within it um these uh 40 acres oh i'm not in uh, hectares anyway there's wonderful english garden um surrounding it and a sort of country park and then surrounded again by endangered bushland Mm. so altogether it's just a fantastic offer i think and something for everyone who had it beforehand has it been handed down from a family Mm, yes it belonged to the haywards um uh bill hayward was one the hayward family owned john's martins Ah. so uh, the old department store that was so f- successful here for many years um, and he ran it from, for um, during his life as well um, and Ursula his wife um, was a bar smith which you know a wealthy pastoralist family here in South Australia um, and they were at, in the time you know a fantastic power couple really in Adelaide and they um, hosted many um, events up there and dinners and brought you know people from all over the world they travelled the world too and collected art um, and made connections and so they really did a lot for South Australia Bill in particular they weren't just wealthy um, you know uh, exclusive people he, he brought in the John Martin's pageant, for instance, he saw mm. the Macy's um, pageant parade in New York and thought Adelaide should have one. Wow. Isn't that great? 90 years ago yeah. this year. And he also, in the war, um, uh, you know, saw all the GIs ex- exchanging whiskey for Coca-Cola and so brought Coca-Cola to South Australia. And when the Beatles were coming to Australia, they weren't even going to come to Adelaide and he underwrote them coming to Adelaide. Really? So I thought, you know, he's very... He really he's a doer. Ab- yeah, isn't he? He cared about community as well. So 
so I think that's a really good message from Carrick Hill that, that you know they really wanted. And then at the end of their lives, they decided to give the entire estate to the people of South Australia for their enjoyment. So um, yeah, really wonderful gift. Tell us about the art collection. There's a really wide range. There's um, when uh, when they were on honeymoon in England um, uh, back in the 30s, there, um, there was a, a fantastic uh, historic heritage house um, being demolished, which was mm-hmm. what was happening in England at that time. And they bought a lot of the interiors there, so they bought the fantastic um, uh, staircase and wood panelling and things in their 17th century um, and imported them back over here and then built this, what was then a modern house around it, sort of arts and crafts style house. Gosh. So it's got some really wonderful 17th century interiors but then they collected contemporary art um and so there was a lot of um well which is now modern art in our in our minds so lots of fantastic art from england france um and also australian artists they really um supported both british and australian artists um a lot um and were great friends with them so they've got some wonderful collections so as it stands today in its current form can you take the family up there or, or just take a drive up there and, and, and explore the grounds? Most definitely, yes. So there's, um, you can, it's only 15 minutes from the centre of Adelaide. People sort of imagine it's further away. Uh, there's car, lots, there's car, lots of car parking. Um, and on week, weekends, there's, it's full of families. Um, there's the gardens are great to run around in. There's hills that children can roll down. Um, and there's also a storybook trail you can take them on. So there's lots to do. Um, and the house itself, of course, is wonderful too. It sounds like you just step back in time. <laughs> Is that what you the feeling you get when you visit? Well, I mean, I think you you get more than that, really, because it's just just a lovely place to come and visit. You know, I mean, for example, on on like on the weekend, you know, with just so many families come, you know, but picnics and do all those things. And I think it's just the setting. You know, it's really quite unique. Not only the formal garden. But also that, you know, the hills face, the gardens there. So it's, mm. I think it's just special. And it's, it's, you know, when people have all these busy lives, they're able to come to Carrick Hill and, and sort of have a totally different atmosphere. Yeah. And I think that's mm. what really attracts them. Mm. Yeah. And I think people, um, sort of have a perception that it's frozen in time in some way. When in fact, I think, you know, I, I described they were quite entrepreneurial, um, and they really wanted this to be enjoyed by the whole community. And mm. so we are, there's a changing program. We have exhibitions that go on there. We We've got um, and, and and also big events. So this weekend, we next weekend, we've got the Heisen Sculpture Biennial, which is a sculpture trail up in our bushland that people can come and explore. Hidden Gardens, which is happening off off site, but it's um, uh, raising money for Carrick Hill, um, and uh, many more events and exhibitions coming up. So there's always something new to see. Now you are new to the role as director. I believe you started earlier this month. What what attracted you to the role? Well, it's, um, it sounds very cheesy, I know, but it feels like, you know, all roads led here somehow <laughs> in my life. Um, I was born and grew up in Adelaide, um, but then, uh, went and studied in Canberra at the Australian National University and worked in the National Gallery as a curator, but then moved to the UK, just really backpacking, not realizing what would happen, but ended up staying there for 30 years. We can tell a little <laughs> accent there, just oh, a teeny tiny I'm one. Somehow it caught in between two countries, <laughs> I think, in my voice. Um, and, uh, I Worked at the V&A in London and then um, at the Ashmolean Museum in Oxford. Wow! Um, both of those, you know, the Decorative Art Museum and a, hist- um, uh, a really old collection um, at the Ashmolean. It opened in 1683, um, and so 
uh, coming back and really sort of having appreciated the Anglo style of um, museums and culture, seeing that they were passionate about that too, but also loved uh, the Australian landscape. It's kind mm. of um, uniting my two interests. And I guess as I stayed on in the UK, more and more I wanted to be back in Adelaide and just it was the landscape and people calling me. So it feels just perfect that I'm able to um, do that at Carrick Hill. And I think from my point of view <coughs> with Susan, you know, when you look at her CV and then you look at Carrick Hill and all the things it encompasses, you know, she ticks so, so many of the boxes, you know. Yeah. And it's not that easy because Carrick Hill is quite diverse. You know, you've got the collections, you've got exhibitions, you've got the gardens. You know, there's just a, a varied number of things to be across. And, and that's where I think, you know, when I first interviewed Susan, I, mean, I thought, wow, she's sitting, she's ticks that one she ticks that one um and and her her vision for to take Carrick Hill forward is just you know fantastic because you can't stand still you've got to move on yes and I think what uh Susan at the moment we're doing a lot of strategy work is really looking how can we make Carrick Hill the best house and garden museum uh basically in Australia and hopefully even internationally. Well, it's interesting you say that because, I mean, you do have to move forward, but you've got this beautiful old stone home that is, is filled with memories and, and history, and then this new build is attached. Now, I know most architecture here in South Australia combines those two because we are blessed to have so much beautiful architecture, but how has it been received? Have most people welcomed the new build? Well, we haven't had any, uh, I think everyone that's seen it has uh, been very supportive, uh, and, and see it as being, you know, appropriate. Uh, yeah. cause I mean, we're not trying to compete with the house. The house is a gem in itself. Mm -hmm. So the pavilion sets aside from that, uh, and we want it to be different. Uh, and I think it's achieved that, you mm. know, and it's got to be functional. Yeah, That's yeah, one of, of the things we said all along. It's got to work, otherwise it's of no value to us. Yeah. And the other thing about Carrick Hill is the space. We've got 40 hectares, um, so there's a lot of space to be able to do a range of things. Uh, so the pavilion, yes, is, it, doesn't, it doesn't overcrowd. We're going to take a really short break. You're listening to Adelaide's 5AA. This year, together with Adelaide Exposed Concrete, we're hitting the fairways for 5AA's All-Star Golf Day. Featuring your favourite 5AA presenters and some sporting superstars, it'll be an unmissable day out on Monday the 31st of October at the stunning Glenelg Golf Club. For more information and booking info, visit 5AA.com.au. With thanks to TJM four-wheel driving. If you want to get there, you want to be TJM equipped. TJM, Nailsworth and St Mary's. How does a work van become a brilliant business asset? This was the question keeping Hyundai on their toes. After a lot of late nights, we had our answer. The Hyundai Staria Load. It fits in everything you need for work, including next-gen tech, a five-star ANCAP safety, and platinum crash avoidance rating. The Hyundai Staria Load from 47990 Drive Away for ABN holders. T's and C's apply. Visit hyundai.com.au. Imagine that. Hyundai. Brick, block, pave and save. Stack, lay, pattern and play. The look, the quality, the range. Right now, you can save up to 25% off quality Lutum. Formerly Borrel Masonry. Bricks, blocks and pavers at your local Lutum reseller. The range. Lutum. The look, the quality, the range. Save up to 25% off at your Lutum reseller today. 
G'day, it's Merv Hughes here. After years of snoring like a train, the missus sent me for a CPAP direct sleep test. I'm sleeping quiet and waking up refreshed. If your CPAP gear needs some TLC, bring it in to CPAP Direct this month for a free health check. Our clinicians will make sure everything is optimised to give you the best results. Book your appointment at CPAP.com.au. Find your local store at CPAP.com.au. What shocks shooting through your body? That's how some people describe their shingles pain. Shingles is caused by the reactivation of the chickenpox virus. While most people recover fully, up to 25% may experience long-term complications. I had to cancel all my plans and struggle to work. Up to one in three people risk developing shingles in their lifetime. If you're 50 or over, don't let shingles affect your plans. Talk to your doctor for more information. Individual symptoms may vary. Sponsored by GlaxoSmithKline Australia Melbourne. Ever since I got a plan on the NBN, I felt more connected to my grandkids. Yeah, me and Granddad have been doing lots of great stuff together online. Like video calling and sharing our photos and dance practice videos. Next, we plan on doing an online dance challenge. <laughs> online? Perfect. The whole family can see us dance together. NBN is made for more meaningful connections. NBN, made for more. Your experience may vary depending on factors such as your NBN technology, internet provider, your plan and equipment. Paint professionals turned the job around so quickly from the initial quotation straight through to completion. Now is the perfect time to call Paint Professionals and receive a professional colour consultation valued at up to $250. Yours free if you decide to paint your entire house inside or out. Getting ready for sale or giving your home a new lease of life. Make it a great experience. Call Paint Professionals for this limited offer. T's and C's apply. Paintprofessionals.com.au Jade Robran Talking Adelaide on 1395 5AA. Welcome back to Afternoons. My guest in studio is Peter Kennedy, who is the chairman of Carrick Hill, and also Susan McCormack, who is the new director at Carrick Hill, just a month into the role at this beautiful estate located in South Australia. Uh, I want to ask you, Peter, because uh, you, you've also, I mean, we're talking about this $6.5 million upgrade, which will be spectacular. We talked, you know, earlier that it'll house a cafe, uh, lots of different things that you can get up to there. But you've also just finished upgrading the actual home as well. Can you tell us what you've done? Yes, we spent uh, $3.2 million uh, of that uh, $2.6 million was actually done out of the foundation the foundation fronted that and one of the things that over the years uh because the marquee that we have as as our uh, if you like function space and and cafe space uh that was on a planning approval and this went on for year on year we'd get another five years and then of course there was no money to do it and there was a couple of attempts there to see well how can we put it together but they never eventuated and so we made the decision that we're going to make it happen, mm-hmm. and and that's when we went on a, a fundraising drive to to really put that together and make it happen. But it was, it turned out to be quite difficult too, because as we opened it up, we put in a a stair because at this point of time, you the only way you could get up to the first floor was by stairs with with no lift. So we put a lift in, and also there was an attic space which was fundamentally fairly derelict. So we redid all of that and made it into a gallery. Oh, wow. And there's also another 
little room that we've we've got which is now a boardroom up there so we totally revamped that but of course when we did that it, it posed a few difficulties because well, then we had to have a fire stair so we'd <laughs> alter it to put a fire stair in and doing the lift was very challenging because we being heritage we couldn't go through the roof uh and but then we found we couldn't get a lift that would do what was required so we ended up having to raise a dormer to actually fit this lift in. so the Oh, my golly. Is at that point you just wish you just didn't well, do you didn't, you didn't turn the dirt at all? Well, I think we've had a few of those. But I think in, in the process of, of doing up the house, which effectively we went right through over at least 50% and some of the other areas we did as well, we found every issue you can imagine. You know, basically lack of proper maintenance and w- faulty work done over many years. Oh, uh, golly. So are we, you talking plumbing, electrics, you the name The whole it? lot, security, everything, you know. In fact, even structural. We had one area in the building that potentially could have fallen down. Gosh. So, and we're talking stone all throughout here, aren't we? Well, this is the exterior of the building was actually underpinned uh, a few years ago before, but that was probably the only substantial work done on Carrick Hill. So this is more... Most, mostly interior and trying to, you know, do up the, uh, you know, we had to move all the security. Like a lot of stuff was up in the attic. They, they just, every time someone wanted to do something, they'd just throw it up there and they'd, you know, wires were going everywhere. It was an absolute mess. So we had to fix all that up at the in the process. Um, so it was quite challenging. And, and of course, fortunately, um, government did stump up and pay all those extra costs for for the make good of the maintenance side of it. So whilst the foundation put up the two point six million, the government mm. picked up the balance up to the the three point two. Uh, and you know, really at the same time, we had the cafe, which which we actually did up to make that more presentable. And in the interim, we even looked at the marquee and we put in air conditioning, we put in heating, uh, and th- th- just to make it last until we got the pavilion up and running. And, and that sort of helped as far as people coming to Carrick Hill. It was a more pleasant place to come and eat and, and drink and do those things. So, Well, it is certainly a beautiful and pleasant place, and you've got a, a pretty jam-packed calendar. Tell us about the Hidden Gardens. Well, um, <laughs> you better do it's that a lot of work. I can t- <laughs> no, look. I mean, it's been amazing. We this is all run by volunteers, and it consists of four gardens that that been in the hills. They did four gardens last year. Uh, and they're doing another four gardens, which is which mm-hmm. happens this Thursday. I think it sold out in a day, didn't it? Two days. It two sold, days. Two days. I uh, tried to get tickets and I jumped mm. on. Sorry, sold out. I couldn't yep. believe it. Yeah, amazing. And, and and the same situation even when we did it the first year. And I think this year it's even better. I mean, the work that these volunteers have done, you know, in terms of growing plants, food stalls, is just outstanding. How uh, beautiful. Uh, and, and they're just... I'm, I'm just um, blown away by how these people just come and do these things for us, you mm-hmm. know. And I think it's it's a little bit of about a passion for Carrick Hill, but also that they're just a good team. They really work together. So we're, we're really spoiled. And, and it will make a significant amount of money for Carrick Hill for the gardens because it's specifically going to the gardens. We wanted to make sure that those monies went into the area where this the money was sourced from. Uh, because it's been our view, we want to make the gardens just so much better. You know, who cares for the gardens? Like, that'd be a full-time job, I'm guessing. Well, we've got 
we've got fundamentally 2.6 gardeners and we get a lot of, and we get volunteers that come in every week. But it is a real struggle. We could mm. do with another three gardeners and we still wouldn't have enough. Wow. So it, it is a challenge for us. But uh, I think if you go to Carrick Hill, you'll see, you know, it, it's actually improved absolutely mm. incredibly in the last few years. And we're also lucky we've got a garden and grounds committee, which consists of a number of the the high-profile garden people in this state uh, who give up their time as well. So, you know, we're pretty lucky. You're very blessed. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, guys, it was so lovely to have you and very excited about this project. And uh, you've also got the Hyacinth Sculpture, as you mentioned, Susan, coming up, and also the Guiding Lights. Mm -hmm. Quickly tell us about that. Well, uh, Guiding Lights is up in our exhibition gallery on the top floor that Peter talked about. Um, And what we we have a fantastic set of um, another set of volunteers who give guided tours around the house. um, and some of them have actually been doing it since 1986 when Carrick Hill first opened and they're so knowledgeable. Um, and so what we asked is we asked them to select um, an object that they particularly loved and to explain why. And so, and I have to say it's the, it's a beautiful exhibition. It looks great. And so there's that um, Ursula's gorgeous Dior dress, for instance, up there, um, but fantastic, you know, a Minton bowl and um, other objects from the collection and with a fantastic wall panel just describing what... Um, different people love about it oh gosh she would have Mm. a beautiful wardrobe Mm. wouldn't she where's her jewelry (laughs) <laughs> Where's that hidden? I'd like to have a look at that Maybe too. Maybe it's in the cocktail cabinet. Who knows? Ah, <laughs> nice. Well, Peter and Susan, thank you very much for coming in. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you.